All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. We'd love you to support this show. Please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Your likes and subscription helps us to grow and attract interviews and content. So please retweet and share our posts. Your contributions are appreciated. Welcome to episode 442 of the KISS FAQ podcast. It's the usual crew back in our usual time, which means... I'm going to have to do some work post-production to get this all looking good, but we're not going to look any prettier than we already are. All right, we got Ken, 69 Blizzard, Marcus Almighty Mark, and <coughs> the ever-positive Bengals fan, Lonnie St. Louis Kiss. All right, so we don't have any set topic this week. We're going to go through the board and try not to mock some of the topics, um, but... Uh, before I keep rubbing my hands for some reason, I'm like Do- evil Doctor Evil. Warm them um, up. <laughs> yeah. So, can you got any comments from the last episode uh, that you'd like to spin through? Ken's spin. corner. Ken's oh, comment corner. Don't abbreviate that. Okay. <laughs> Don't abbreviate it. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. I got a, a number of them here. Um, so, from the last episode regarding our. Um, what was it, the episode? <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, Dynasty versus Love Gun. Dynasty versus yes. Love Gun. And, oh, wait a minute. I got the wrong one. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Hold it. And that was Ken's comment. It right corner. there. It's my favorite segment. Was it 441? Uh, 441. Yeah, it's a little bit hidden on there because the live videos end up in a slightly different space, at least on my... Yeah, you have to go to like a, another section of YouTube. Yeah, I can't get it all to show up. Live on one. Oh, there it yeah. is. Okay. Jeez, I was like... What? I mean, you can talk about Andy if you want. I mean, hell. It's trying to play right now, of course. Um, all right, here we go. All right, so we have from... Uh, this is a, a slightly long... Uh, Timothy Workman. Um, being a drummer whose greatest musical influence, hands down, was Peter Chris. It is always great to hear Julian defend Peter's honor. I give all of you props for recognizing Dirty Living as the excellent song it is. It was doomed. It can't shock me, though. Good points by Ken and Daniel about Peter's drumming on Shock Me. Great show, and Daniel was hilarious, talking about the translation of Love Gun. (laughs) It reminded me of the guy in Role Models explaining the song's meaning to the kid. <laughs> yeah, that was a love gun, I think. Um, yeah, uh, great kiss pop culture moment. Uh, Mark, I am with you on Magic Touch. Great deep track. Magic jokes are always welcome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I always stick up for Peter's honor. I tried doing that when someone had the audacity on the board to say Peter's solo material sucked, which is why he wasn't uh, have a successful. Right. Career. Oh yeah, that that topic. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay, we got uh, PD six four. Real quick one here. Lonnie's wows are epic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have. Uh, Bullen, a china shop. 
Mm. Sure, what that means. Uh, I really like both records for different reasons, but something many people don't think about is that practically every track on Dynasty, uh, he who sings his track also plays rhythm guitar and bass on that track. Mm -hmm. uh, Ace for sure plays bass on his tracks. I'm pretty sure the session guy, Neil Jason, plays bass on Dirty Living. There's little interplay on Dynasty where on Love Gun. It feels like the guys are still on the same team. So I think that he means, yeah, Love Gun. It feels, still feels like the guys are on yeah. the same team. Back still, then. still a band. After, yeah, the solo albums are kind of, that kind of, yeah, it was never the same after that. Um, we'll go for another one here. Uh, uh, Martin Acosta, Charisma. Charisma, that's my favorite song. I said, well, yeah, it's a good song. It's the best one mm -hmm. on Dynasty. Um, here's a good one another, regarding Peter uh, from Dan O'Guitar. Um, then She Kissed Me would have been a great song on Paul's 1978 solo album. Just didn't fit on Love Gun. Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, let's do one more. Uh, Peter... Uh, Patrick Hamburg, I would have gone for the Love Gun track in all of these matchups. My top three Dynasty tracks faced way too hard competition. Dirty Living, Charisma, and Sure Know Something. And yes, I'm that rare exception that love uh, that that loves Then Then She Kissed Me. Mm. Never got I Was Made For Loving You. Not even the Live 3 version. So doesn't like uh, I was here for loving you thanks for that comment and uh yeah I think that's enough for for this yeah. go around that's, that's good thanks for thanks taking everyone. the time to comment everyone you know that's uh yes. important and, and thanks everyone who was commenting live when we were doing that episode as well we won't mm -hmm. read any of those because I think we reacted to them uh during the episode um you know the positive thing about these kiss album versus kiss album competitions is that a kiss song always wins so eat it, Taylor yeah. Swift. You're not winning. You're not, not winning. You know, she broke Ticketmaster. They're not even doing a public on sale now. Don't get so, me going. Don't so get me going on that. The, the pre-sale, well, KISS has just announced more tour dates for Germany. And, you know, they were doing pre-sales yesterday. And everyone was, like, waiting for Golden <laughs> Circle tickets. You know, oh, five, no. five more dates in Germany. Let's start there, Lonnie, with you, since you, 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 I tweaked you when I said Ticketmaster. Well, I've been fighting Ticketmaster for the last couple of days, trying to get my wife Taylor Swift tickets, and I Are am you successful? unsuccessful. I've never been shut out on concert tickets in my entire life, and I've seen, I've seen Megadeth in a club. I mean, I've seen, you know, I saw Kiss on the third yeah. show of the reunion tour. I mean, I've seen a lot. I see all. I saw Velvet Revolver on their first first show was in St. Louis. I saw that. I mean, I've seen a lot of shit, and I've never ever been shut out on concert tickets and the, the, the taylor swift doesn't come into st louis she's going to but she's going to cincinnati which you know obviously we love cincinnati and she's playing two nights at a stadium in cincinnati okay well we're we're talking quite a few tickets right there mm -hmm. and i was not able to get a pre-sale code but i'm a season ticket holder for the Bengals, so i got a pre-sale this morning through them still couldn't get them I've never been shut out on concert tickets. Did you even make it into the waiting waiting room? I, 
I made it into the queue, and I actually had tickets, clicked on two tickets this morning in section like 342, row 30, which is probably about last row up top, and they were verifying my tickets, and the thing is spinning, verifying tickets, and it said somebody else bought them, and I never got that close. That's not You you know, this... We, we we make fun of you know Taylor Swift you know because we love rock you know hard rock and stuff like that but her fan base is something else you know what I mean like the the, the they have quite a, she has quite a huge fan base and they're pretty they're pretty passionate they're pretty passionate just yeah you know what I mean and so I'm not surprised when I heard that you said that you're having a bitch of a time getting tickets because yeah. I mean I know people who were, who were looking for tickets and they said too that they were like no no deal you know like getting tickets like it was hard as hell like you have to be like in her like inner circle club to get easy tickets you know what I mean like you have to be with yeah. her since she first started well I, part of it too is and this isn't a Taylor Swift podcast we'll get off Taylor Swift here in a minute but for um for her pre-sale, you had to sign up for the pre-sale, and if your email was selected, you got a code. So I did that because my, my wife's a big fan. We've seen her before, and you know I I didn't get a pre-sale code, but I imagine what a lot of people did is they sent it in from 10, 15, maybe 20 different email addresses that they set up for this, thinking well one of them or a couple of them surely will get a code. Mm. Um, you know, and I'm sure multiple scalpers did the same thing, and that's why. They're on, you know, the StubHub and things like right now for like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, who owns StubHub? No, Ticketmaster. Yeah, it, it's a, you know, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I don't agree with a lot of what she says, but that ticket bastard is a monopoly that needs to be dealt with along with Live Nation. Um, it's hard to not side with that argument after seeing yeah. that the bots broke the system and the system is so broken that everyday fans even those with pre-sales and you know as Lonnie's kind of illustrated you know, I was a those... ticket holder at, a, at that stadium and I yeah. couldn't get tickets yeah you That's know terrible. I have I get the offers through some of my credit cards for for some of that and yesterday I went to buy tickets for Ace Frehley at the Mystic Theater in Petaluma and oh, it yes. took me to yeah. some secondary subsidiary ticket web or some fuck nut thing I've never heard of <laughs> before to buy tickets. Um, that's a subsidiary of Ticketmaster with a $14 fee for buying Ooh. a $60 ticket. And you know what? Wow. That's 25%. I'm like, fuck you. Ace is only going to play Kiss songs anyway. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to drive up to Petaluma to see Ace you know with the current band you know it's not like richie and scotty coogan are in the band making it exciting they the current band makes it musical musically acceptable but he doesn't play anything other than basically kiss these days yeah you know so a 15 dollar surcharge on a 60 dollar ticket and there isn't even a shipping option i want the physical ticket because that's my keepsake of the shows that i go to so lonnie can't even buy tickets and Ticketmaster is screwing the public left and right with its monopoly. I never got the tickets, by the way, to my VIP that I didn't show up for, which really annoys me as well. So I want to see Kiss. I'm missing this, Kiss this, a lot. This system is really screwed up. You know? I mean, I, I, I haven't gone and seen a show for a long while, and this is probably why, but I mean, 
I have a friend that uh, Ken, you go on to that live stream that I do sometimes on the weekends, right? Like yeah, Sundays. Yeah, yeah. The Vance there, he goes like to shows like, I think he must go to like nine to ten shows a month. This guy, wow. but he also goes to like shows that like in theaters in Chicago there, like that are like you know a you know a couple blocks away or maybe you know and he can buy the tickets right at the actual venue. So for him, it's probably a bit easier getting tickets for shows like that, like Blue Oyster Cult and. Uh, Ex, uh, Anvil or Exciter and these other bands that come through, and you know th- that that still luckily isn't a bitch to get tickets for. But you know it's getting harder and harder oh, and harder yeah. to get tickets for big things. You know. Yeah, and it's getting so expensive, even for a little club, you yeah. know, gig like the Mystic. The Mystic's beautiful, by the way. Um, last time he was there, he came into the area for two shows. He did place over in Berkeley and also the Mystic went went to both those shows which I seldom will go to that many shows um and I was up on I took the upper level at the Mystic by the soundboard and a freaking awesome great show you know but Richie was still there so again you make the choices but you know to have a system that is broken the system has failed yeah Megadeth yeah so I still got Wasp tickets paper i like that you know, one more that's my last i'm sorry two shows left this year wasp at the regency and then destroyers doing a tribute set out here uh, early december as well which i, I have one show oh is destroyer the canadian destroyer no it's san francisco destroyer the real it's destroyer. Like yeah there's a there's like a canadian version of destroyer yeah i guess jonathan good band and he goes nuts it's great <laughs> Ken, you have one more show? I do have one more show. In a couple of weeks. Uh, Andrea Bocelli. Really? Italian, dude. Yeah, at the Chase Center. Yeah. Oh, oh, San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't been there yet. So. Is that that blind dude? Yeah, it's the yeah. blind dude, yeah. Is that the blind dude? <laughs> Who sings. Uh, there's a few of those guys out there. but uh, Blind Willie. Yeah, just... very, very good singer. Thought, you know, I'll check him, see him one time. Uh, it should be pretty, pretty impressive, I'm sure. Cool. Any thoughts on you know Kiss announcing a further run of dates in Europe? Clearly, they're not going to just fly out to, you know, Germany for those five dates. No. Does that, does that bother anyone, Mark? You're, you've already kind of intimated you're itching for a show. If Kiss goes to your neck of the wood, are you gonna go? And well, then then we'll go around to uh, Ken and Lonnie if they'll go to another show. I mean, if, if people actually think that this is going to be like, you know, just five shows in Germany and that's it, that's, you know, they're going to be doing a lot more shows and going to be announcing a lot more. I mean, I just find it just humorous at this point, you know, though, and we talked about this a hundred times, we're beating a dead horse about how the end of the road, you know, how, when's it ever going to end? But, you know, if they come to Toronto, I think after probably... we've been to your city four times, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, four <laughs> times, come on, you know. Then we'll, then we've made sure that every last person in your city has saw us. So I, I'd probably I would probably go. I mean I didn't see them the last time they came through, so I should probably go see it. I mean, there's that one there's that one part of me on the shoulder there, the little angel that's going. They use backing tracks. You're a real musician. Don't go listen to it. Don't don't. And I'm like, well, just but you call. know what? I want I I just want to. I want to still check it out. I mean, it was always, it was always a good show. I've always had good memories of it, right? But I mean, hey, there was a big brouhaha just now about Wasp, 
and how they were using backing tracks on this tour for all the Crimson Idol songs. You know, how Blackie completely missed a line. He was away 10 feet away from the microphone when it came up. You know, so it's not just Kiss doing it, obviously, anymore. Lots of people are doing it. Yeah, Lonnie, will you go? Um, I will go if it comes here. I don't mm. think I'm going to travel to go see it. And I know you're like, Lonnie, you travel how many miles to go watch the Bengals eight times a year? But, <laughs> but that's the Bengals. Right, correct. But, I mean, at this point, it's the same tour three, four years later. With the, It's basically the same show. It's the same stage. Mm-hmm. It's the same everything three, four years later. You know, I said my goodbye to him in 19 when I saw him with my brother. Um, the same person I saw my first show with. You know, it was kind of a, it was a good bookend to it. If they come here, I'll go. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not go if they're playing 15 minutes from my house. You know what I mean? But I don't know if I'm gonna travel. I don't know if I travel to go see them. But if they came here, I'd go. I said, a, I made a comment on the board the other day, like end of the road. I think it's a, I think it's a roundabout as opposed to a, a, a straight yeah. line. I think Julian ended up deleting that thread. But <laughs> <laughs> not you, no. Um, but I. I I don't know. I mean, we, we've, we've discussed this a lot the last three, almost four years. Like, I, I don't know. We heard things on the cruise at Doc saying, well, 50 show, 50 dates um, for 50 more KISS shows. I find it hard to believe we're going to do 50 more dates. I find it really hard to believe that we're going to do 50 more dates, and 10% of them are in Europe, are in, are in Germany already. Yeah. Where where did they do good business this past summer? They were in Germany in 2019 as well. And it's summer festival season. Downloads already booked for England. I will travel because I've never seen Kiss in my own country, in the UK. So if they do anything up north, Newcastle, well, I can visit family and go see Kiss. I'm in. You know, London, I can visit family and go see Kiss. Um, I would really, and Liverpool, oh hell, I could go see family and see Kiss. Ah, shit, Birmingham. I can go have a curry and go see Kiss. Fucking, I've only been to Birmingham once, so it's to pick up a paycheck. Um, but I would love to have a excuse to go visit my family again and also to see Kiss. I had Wembley tickets in 99, did not go. I had Finsbury in 97, car broke down, and (laughs) then there was the reunion tour which was a nightmare for me because i was well i won't go there i'll have bad memories but i i would love to and if they came near san francisco i would likely do it now because i missed the last one at the tail end of you know the COVID era and Mm. i kind of regret going because ken had such a great time and would have been with him um but I also couldn't because of health reasons. So there, mm. there we go. So I'm I'm jonesing for it, but I don't know if I'd travel in the States. I wouldn't mind seeing them in another country uh, other than England. Yeah, if they maybe do Scandinavia, maybe I'll have an excuse. Japan. I'm not, going to Japan. I'm not going to Japan. I'd go to Scandinavia because those guys mm. are freaking nuts there. Uh, and I got to think about where I'd love to see them the most. You know. Australia, mate. I'm not going to Austria. It's too long of a freaking flight. You know, I'm not going, to J- not going to Japan. It's too much of a hassle. Um, oh, you don't like no Japan, huh? I love Japan. I'd love to go, but I'm, I don't want to do the flight. Ken, would you go see him? <laughs> uh, yeah, 
Um, even, I've seen him five farewell times, but actually, be well if you count. Does that include the other farewell <laughs> tour? Two, two, farewell two on the farewell tour and th- three on the end of the road. Three times. You have to differentiate with your farewells, Ken. Come on. Yeah, yeah. We're talking uh, about the who now or kiss? Sorry. <laughs> it's all confusing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping if they do one, they do it right near here uh, where I live. Uh, I, I would definitely do that. Um, the one other possibility would be where I travel uh, would be if they played Red Rocks oh, in, yeah. in Colorado. Uh, That'd be cool. That's a nice place. The, I, I think the last time, the only time we played there was the Hot in the Shade tour. Yeah. Um, and, uh, man, I, I would love to see them there. Um, you know, I've been to, I've been there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it would be a fantastic, uh, you know, experience seeing them live there. Have you ever gone to L.A., Ken? Uh, well, back on the Creatures tour, if you want me to bring oh, up that okay. subject again. Was it that Irvine Meadows, though? Irvine really? Meadows and then the Universal Amphitheater in Los mm. Angeles. Mm. Nice. Okay. Yeah, next, the next night. Two nights in a row I was there. Yeah. Ken, Ken mentioned his uh, seeing him multiple times on a farewell tour. Here's a good question. How many times have you seen Kiss where you thought it was the last time you were going to see Kiss? How many times? How many uh, times did you see him thinking, this is once, it? Once, once, uh, which was, and maybe twice, but once, the one time I saw them when the first time they played the farewell tour uh, at Oakland, uh-huh. Oakland Coliseum Arena. It was called Oracle back then. Now, was that 2001 or was that this, this tour? That was 2000. Yeah. That was 2000, March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the, the show that we're at where the, well, I wasn't with you, but where so the 22 guy years ago, basically. <laughs> no, 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 that one was. Ken, Ken's been saying goodbye for decades. <laughs> I've been saying goodbye well, for the last too. three years, too. We, we all have. Every, once a year, I say uh, goodbye, it seems like. I mean, I saw him. I saw him in May of 2000 in Peoria, Illinois, and I thought that was it. And then they extended the farewell tour, and I saw him in August of 2000, and I thought that was it. <laughs> and then, and then I saw him in February of 2022 on the end of the road tour, and I didn't think that was it because, I mean, come on, we knew they were going to melt this as long we as possible. that trick. So, I, and then I saw him in St. Louis in September of 19, and I thought that was it. So, my answer to that question is three. I've seen them, th- I've gone to, wow. I've gone to three different Kiss shows thinking this is the last time I'm going to see them. I've, I don't think I've ever gone to a Kiss show thinking this is the last ever time, but I've come out of a show thinking that this might be my last time. <laughs> and, and, that, and that was March, no, that was March 2020 when I, and oh, I, yeah. I, I said it. It was the such a great show. No, it was such a great show, and you know we didn't yeah. know anything at that point. We knew things were a little bit dodgy, um, but you know coming out of that show, you know Ken and I had had such a great time. It had been such a great experience. I came out thinking I could actually not see them again, you know, and finding it so easy to skip the next opportunity um, that I that I essentially have had after COVID world reopened, um, you know. But now I'm getting itchy. You know. You know, it's interesting, though, you brought up a good point, though, because, you know, saying that you saw them and then thinking to yourself, this might be the last time I'll go, not because they be the last time, but just because you're either satisfied with them that much 
or dissatisfied. And I, I came out of seeing them when they played with Motley Crue here in Toronto. I saw that tour. And Motley Crue were, were great. They were like, wow. They were like really fantastic on that tour. Yeah. And then when they, when Kiss came out, honestly, that was the first time I left the show thinking to myself, mm, they weren't really that good tonight. You know, like Paul was starting to get a little rusty, you know, and just the energy level was just not the same as crew was and crew's sound believe it believe it or not was much better like they were like wow like mick mars's guitar was like taking people's heads off in the audience it was so loud yeah they should not have allowed nikki to have that goddamn flamethrower or tommy to ride the rails Uh uh-uh talk about an energy sink because Motley came into those shows marching with flags and pomp yeah, and circumstance yeah. and blaring Romanesque music. Holy shit. Yeah we, were, yeah, we were wondering what the hell was going on. Where I was sitting, all of a sudden, all these security guards came barreling through there and like, everybody get back. We're like, what the hell is going on? We started being evacuated or something. And they're like, no, no, sit. Vince Neil sees a buffet. And then I see all these flags coming out all these flags and all this shit this weird gothic music and it was like what is this like then but it was it was so good it was so good that show yeah they out kiss kiss you know so they're gonna keep touring and lonnie's absolutely right they're gonna milk it and bilk it as long as they can should they now be changing the branding obviously it's too late so it's almost a a, a silly question to <laughs> ask since they're still calling those shows in um 2023 the end of the road shouldn't they change the name up now Bye. yeah still the end i was looking i i i saw the those those uh those dates yesterday and it's like actually the first thing i did to see if it still said end of the road on there it was actually one of the first things i did i thought because like the the one ad i saw just said kiss with the german s's and it didn't say end of the road and then the other ad does say end of the road I was almost waiting for the ad to say 50th anniversary tour. And it wouldn't shock the hell out of any of us if the run potential run through the states said 50th anniversary tour. Mm-hmm. Would it really shock the hell out of you? No, I think they need to. I actually, you know, I knew the shows were coming, and I was checking the uh, Patent and Trademark Office to see if there are any recent filings that would suggest a rebranding, and there were none, so I figured that it's not. I mean, I'm even going to let, I own the end of the, kiss the end of the road, um, .com. I'm going to let that lapse next year, because it's like, Jesus Christ, I'm not paying for another year of it. You know, they, they clearly don't want to buy it from me. Um <laughs> But it, it kind of would, have, would have been nice for them to rebrand it because we understand and people have pointed it out when we've talked about this tour, tour seems to be going on forever that COVID shut the world down and they've had multiple, I think, three times trying to get back to South America some of the Australian dates. I, I did a spreadsheet of all the reschedules the other day uh, for, for updating the site. And, you know, five reschedules in Australia for some shows, mm-hmm. multiple ones for West Palm Beach and Nutter Center. You know, so when we say it seems to be going on forever, we do acknowledge that COVID killed millions of people and the band couldn't tour because of government regulations in various um locations and when they did tour they got covid and fran died so we do acknowledge that does that not give even more reason to rename the freaking tour isn't like the end of the road kind of poisoned with the end of the world nearly happening ken 
<laughs> the end of the world tour. End of the world tour. Everyone's calling um, it the end of the world tour anyway. Everyone yeah, mis- yeah. misspeaks. I, you know, they can, um, if they rebrand it, you know, they can sell more merch, you know, uh, change the tour books. Tour more, books, oh, yeah. Tour books, no more t-shirts. couple versions of it, too, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe do an album. But, yeah, right. Maybe um, do a, maybe, 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 maybe do a pay-per-view, Ken. Maybe a do a pay-per-view where you could get a VIP package. Wow. All right. You, you try, you're trying to hurt his feelings. Deliver uh, wow. your, um, we go. You know what? You've there. just cursed the Bengals this week. Or they have a buy. That's right. <laughs> no, they play Pittsburgh on Sunday. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, you know, I'd like to see them rebranded after doing this for so many years and if they're going back to the same place that they've already been or you know just yeah 50th anniversary yeah, they're, going, they're going back to the same place they've been many times it's called your wallet <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah your wallet tour you know whatever you know they've come for your money tour there's a good something like title. that you know we've come for your wallet tour <laughs> that'd be perfect why why hide it you know that's what they, oh, and speaking of disappointment, though, and I got to ask this, okay? Remember that thing that was on about four days ago? Something is coming in 24 oh. hours. <laughs> something epic. Something epic. Yeah, and, something I, and epic. I go on there, yeah, and it is epic. all it was was a couple of cr- crappy T-shirts from, like, specific cities and one program. I'm like, really? This is what fucking you're hyping this up for? Is epic. This? They all wow. did because I got the that same. Is... E- I got the identical email from Aerosmith because I'm on their mailing list, and then other people were chiming in with other bands that they're Guns on. Guns N' Roses did it a couple weeks ago. So that was ridiculous. That was I was expecting. I didn't even look. More, I was expecting it to be at least more items than that, fifty percent off. They they could have sold a lot of more stuff at fifty percent off. There's a lot of other shirts they could have went through, but really they just had like specific cities from this tour shirts 50 percent off and then the program was it was so annoyingly disappointing i was like this is like oh i'm not a loss for words really like that was so bad yeah so lonnie mentioned it guns and roses obviously that box came out everyone's had a chance to kind of digest it um Kiss's box set for Creatures of the Night is out tomorrow or today if you're in the right time zone. Um, I just got a whole bunch of shipping notifications, Amazon. I just found out that I ordered something from Kiss Online and didn't remember that I had ordered it and reordered it from Universal. So I got multiple shipping notifications, the the same freaking 3LP thing. Um, So I'll end up probably giving one away on the show. But Lonnie, Guns N' Roses did something... That is straight out of Kiss's playbook, and I want your take on that. You bought the Super Deluxe, I'm going to assume. Correct. For the Use Your Illusion, which is both pack, uh, both albums remastered, a live show from 91 at the Ritz and Las Vegas 92. So that's uh-huh. uh, post-Izzy and Izzy um, live shows. One orchestral remix of November Rain, but there's nothing, no demos, no other material included on those boxes. Now, why I want to ask you specifically about that is I bought the digital, and then you chimed in and said, oh, you know they've got different live tracks on the two CD versions. I'm like, nah, you motherfucker, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> Straight that, out that, of that, That's a Kiss play that even Kiss hasn't done yet that I actually think Kiss should have done for Creatures with some of the live tracks. Um, but what's your thought on that? 
from the Guns N' Roses perspective, I had to buy them because Use Your Illusion 2 has two Joe Perry and Steven Tyler um, yeah. live tracks, and Use Your Illusion 1 has Lenny Kravitz. So right. you think that's fair for Super Deluxes not to c- include the kitchen sink? Do I think it's fair for it not to include the kitchen sink? <laughs> no. Am I surprised that they did that? No, because I think it's very smart. Um, Are you surprised that they did it before Kiss did it? Yes, because that is because Julian called it. It's a total Kiss play because Kiss is the band that released three different versions of Kissology three different times to make you go buy multiple versions of that DVD set. It's a total Kiss play. Uh, the the box set itself is is great. I love it. I love the the Ritz ninety one. I love Vegas ninety two. I am disappointed that there is not uh, any demos from the Use Your Illusion sessions on there because I have a lot of demos from the Use Your Illusion sessions, which I would have loved to see or, or or heard, I should say, cleaned up um, the way stuff was on Destroyer and stuff that's going to be on Creatures tomorrow. It's um, the the play of putting different bonus tracks on the individuals and not on the super deluxe, I think is actually it's it's actually genius because yeah. it is it's actually yeah. genius yeah. because a super fan wants we'll all it. the official released songs no matter what. So. Mm-hmm. It's not enough that you, you're going to spend all this money on, on this deluxe set. Well, now I have to go buy the individual albums, too. Yeah. And, but you... you know, but at the same time, at the same time, how many Kiss fans are buying the super deluxe creatures and are buying other versions of the creatures, too? It's really not that bit. It's, exactly. It's not that big of a move. Because a lot of KISS fans are doing the same thing. Yeah. But it would incentivize. But if they just threw in, like Julian said, just a couple different live tracks on the regular version of Creatures, every single one of us and every almost every single person watching this would say, eh, it's only 20 bucks to go buy that version of Creatures. I'll go do it because I really want those songs. But you, but, you see, but you see? I did it. I did it. But... I got Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 downstairs too because I got to have it. Like Julie, Julie, the, well, I gotta have that too. Yeah, and I, I, again, I only bought though. the digital, but I, I went out and they had those tracks available on iTunes. I'm like, I gotta have those. But having Stephen and Joe guest appearances on them is a little bit different proposition For you. than, say, yeah. you know, taking some of the other live <clears> tracks from. And they did that already with Rockford and Sue. You've got multiple <laughs> versions of some songs, not only Rock and Roll Hell. Uh, but they are all self-contained within the Kiss box, so now I'm okay. not, now I'm a little worried, Mark. But you know, but you know what though, honestly, I, I I'm not surprised because we're talking about Kiss here. Kiss is the band that's always like three albums behind on everything. Wow. Like behind everything. <laughs> so of course, why why are you surprised that they're not doing it? You know. So the box next fall, not. we're gonna copycat. Yeah, but yeah, with they're, use they're, your illusion, with it having no additional bonus material, the live shows. And I don't know, did those ever circulate as bootlegs? I think you mentioned sure. that. Um, um, not, yes and no. The, 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 that Joe Perry stuff, 
and, and Stephen and Stephen Tyler stuff. That that's from a pay per view from Paris in ninety two. Yeah, I remember seeing um, that. I mean, and I have and I have that, but it's obviously much more cleaned up. Those, those versions are much more cleaned up than the versions I have. That Ritz in Vegas show, not so much. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure in some circles they they circulate, but they and I have a lot of GNR stuff from the nineties. But those two shows really did not circulate in my. I don't. I didn't have those shows, and I have a lot of stuff, but I didn't have those shows. So. From a GNR collector perspective, those two shows they they were strategic in putting those two shows as the shows on the box set. Yeah. That those were that that Wrist ninety one and were, were they were shows that, that fans have been clamoring for. Yeah, and come on, the video is absolutely spectacular. That's included on the Super Deluxe. And it is. It's a Blu-ray of the Ritz nineteen ninety one. And for those of you that are familiar, it's the same show that they shot that you could be mine video for. Um, we've seen snippets of it for, for years and years and years. So we knew that that, that show was pro shot and they kept it under, you know, under tight, tight quarters for 30 years. Lock and key. Which is, which is pretty amazing, really. I just remember some of the people on the FAQ were bitching about the Creatures box set, saying Metallica includes all these live shows. And here's Guns N' Roses, who are arguably probably the biggest rock, rock band of the early 1990s. Mm-hmm. Um, just two live shows and not a single B-side or a bonus track because all, all of those, again, all those demos are included on the Appetite because most of those songs were born in right. in 86. Yeah. Um, but there's right. no al- there's no alternative mix to the album. No. There's no, no. Atmos? Is there an Atmos mix? Nope. No. No? The, the only thing that's new is the is the November Rain with a, a re-recorded order. They should have the... thrown strings on Estranged. That thing's just screaming for that would have been that's maybe my favorite GNR song, but that would have been amazing. Um, but I, I am disappointed in the fact that there are no demos. So I mean, the fact that we're getting you know the, some of those those Kiss demos on the on the Creature set is really cool. And when you look at you know comparison of, of like my two favorite bands of, of what they're doing, um, I, I, I like it. Um, I wish there were other things on there, but you know, it, but there's the Blu-ray and the Creature set. Well, we don't we don't get video. So, yeah, it, it's, six, it's six and one half a dozen of the other. Why? Why is that happening, Julian? I mean, I mean, I mean, I know, I know you may not have the exact answers, but I mean, just just strictly from gut instinct, why is it that Kiss refuses to put video on these in these boxes? I mean, every box that I have of all these other bands that I have, there's at least one Blu-ray with at least a television performance or a one concert or at least you know, like the King Crimson ones have lots of live stuff from various tours and stuff like that. Like, is that? Do you think it's just some, some kind of rights problem or licensing problem that they can't get these shows put out? Like, I don't understand this. Like, they've they have so many concerts available to them. Why can't they put any of these things on? I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. I'd recommend watching one of the two episodes on Kiss My Wax with uh, Tom, even though he's on the design side of that. I, I think it's simply a, a business decision that's been made. I I don't know. And to be perfectly honest, I'm not a video guy. I've never been a video guy. I'm an audio mm-hmm. geek, pure and simple. So I don't really have an opinion on it because, again, I don't go gaga for it. Did I enjoy the leak of Largo 75? Hell yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I've never been a collector on that level. I've always been about the audio. So it, you're asking the wrong guy why. Because I, I just don't know because I'm not involved in it. So, 
it, my guess is as good as anyone else's on this round table um, about why, but I don't think it's missed for KISS. I, I know some people say yes it is, but, but it's an opinion and it's neither right or wrong um, because again I don't think any of the things that we wish existed video wise really do exist. I think they're unicorns um, just myths where yeah. you know how many times are you going to watch Largo 75? <clears throat> I listen to the audio rip of it a lot more because that's more convenient to how I consume my music most of the time. So, yeah. again, I, I don't know why, and judging by the responses that I'm getting from or reading about of people who've already experienced the Creatures of the Night box set, they're going gaga over that freaking box, and the rest of us are going to get to enjoy it in its entirety tomorrow. Um, and I'm only waiting for the Atmos. That That is what I am going to first. But, again, for your your listening experience for Creatures, my strong recommendation, start at the beginning and just press play and let it take you five and a half hours into Creatures. Just go from start to finish with the book. I can't wait to re see the book and see mm -hmm. the Chalkies. I'm, like, super excited. You know, I'm so excited I've been ordering too many of the damn things. Um <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, one of them arrives on time tomorrow so that I can have release day, um, you know, happy smile. But let's get into some of the other topics from the board this week. And one of the, the interesting ones, uh, I want to start off with, with Ken, who was actually there, was, do you consider the 1978 solo albums part of the KISS discography? Ken? <laughs> yeah, uh... <laughs> I do, uh, even though it's just one member <laughs> uh, performing with others, you know, on each of those. Uh, I think initially they were going to release them as without the KISS logo on them. But since they put the KISS logo on them, I'm saying they're part of this, the discography. Um, then I think they all got, even if... And thinking about it, they all got paid for probably all the album selling anyway, because they they were all part of the Kiss, you know, group or whatever. At the time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say yes, even though they don't count them as regular studio <laughs> albums, like they count as twenty, and then plus the four, uh, you know, um, solo albums. So I'm just gonna say, from my standpoint, I, I just say yes that. They're labeled Kiss, so they're they're part of the Kiss. Lonnie's Studio reaching out. for his bottle of whiskey. Lonnie? No, they are. They are. They're 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 part of the discography for sure. I I consider them. Don't you? I mean, I don't I don't think that was a question. Don't, don't you guys consider them? Oh, don't know. We'll find out when we get to Mark. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Yes. Mark. <laughs> Mark. Well, I don't know. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, yeah, I mean, look, at uh, some of the songs clearly sound like they could be on a Kiss album. I mean, you listen to Paul stuff, a lot of that could have easily been on a Kiss yeah. record. And they played some of that on that cruise. Same with even with Gene stuff. I mean, as much as Gene's is kind of, you know, a little off in left field in times on his solo record. I mean, you know, they did Radioactive on the cruise and it sounded fine in, in amongst the rest of the Kiss material, right? I mean, even Ace's stuff. I mean, uh, guaranteed if they if they went and said, okay, last minute, we're canceling the the solo albums. Guys, get back in the studio and do a Kiss album. He could have easily took some of those songs and put them on with Kiss and did them 
on his record. The only ones that I, that I don't think would be as easy as Peter's because Peter's is Peter's album. If you really look at it from the perspective of a solo record, which is supposed to be different, you know, if that was how they were looking at it, making a record completely different from what they were doing, he's the only one who really kind of fell in that bracket, in my opinion. He did a completely different style of music and something that Kiss fans were probably not really expecting. So his is kind of really the only real true solo album on there. The rest of them are kind of just like, you know, songs that could have been on a Kiss record, but they were just done by individual members. But yeah, they are, they are Kiss albums. Yeah, I, I'm going to go revert to technicalities here. They're defined in the Kiss contract, therefore they're Kiss albums. Two solo albums counted as one Kiss album. They're Kiss albums. They have Kiss logos on them. They're Kiss albums, and as Ken said, mm-hmm. they're they're probably fall under the partnership agreement in terms of um, royalties, other than the songwriting and publishing uh, side of it. But I think even that might have been still split at the time. I don't know. Never did get to read the partnership uh, contract. So. It, it would be a big gap in the picture if they weren't included. And if you look at the ads, like the Accept No Imitations or the Crazy Nights ads, they were always included in the KISS discography. So KISS says they are, therefore I don't think what we think actually matters in it. Um, another good thread that someone started was the best of Eric Singer. And this is the best of Eric Singer, not just in Kiss. You know, what are some of the standout albums or songs from those albums that really make you think that um, illustrate his drumming prowess wonderfully? And Lonnie's just going to list the tracks on Revenge, probably. But Lonnie, Straight down the list, except, yeah, what, for, the Kevin, except, for, the Kevin, except for the Kevin Valentine on, on Revenge. And, and the Eric that, Carr yeah. song. yeah. Um, hate. I really like his drumming. Like on on hate stands out to me. On Carnival, um, obviously I'm gonna say his stuff off Revenge because I I think he really changed. He had a, a big footprint in changing Kiss's sound. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1992, you could point to Bob Ezrin as well, but and and nothing to take away from Eric from Eric Carr because he was a great drummer in his own right as well. But you know, Eric coming in was just was just new blood and new life into the band. And you, and really, you, you can really hear it on, on Alive 2. You can hear it on Alive 3 as well. I mean, we all have our qualms with Alive 3 because that's really not maybe what the band sounded like in 1992, whatever. But um, you, you can hear it on, on Alive 3. I mean, just listen to that, that intro to, to, to Creatures as Alive 3 kicks off. And you can just hear mm-hmm. Eric's drumming on that double bass, you know, right into it. It's really, really fantastic. Yeah. Um, but you know, Eric's just so solid that um, Eric's so solid that I don't think there's a, a you know you could say there's a best of Eric Singer. There's really not bad Eric Singer drumming, especially on on any studio recordings. He's so solid and, and it's been such a soldier for the Soul station. station. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me, I had a cough there. Yeah. Well, that's still good drumming. It's just not good kiss drumming. There you go. On Soul well, All right, Mark. So uh, I, I think that for me, I have to agree 150% with Lonnie. As soon as Eric Singer came in the band, there was a new energy, new blood. I mean, and I said this before in a previous episode that my friend, uh, Jerry, who was the drummer in my previous band, he, he's a new, big Neil Peart guy and prog drummer guy. 
And when he heard Revenge, he was like, wow. Like he was like he was instantly a fan because he loved the drumming on that album because of Eric Singer. And he was right away of, you know, he bought a live three, you know, he was all about Kiss when Eric Singer was in the band. And I have to agree, my favorite Eric Singer stuff, honestly, is his live stuff. I mean, I love a, a live three and I, and I love like the videos that came with it. Uh, what was that confidential and those records, uh, those videos that came out. Fantastic. He's a he's a great drummer. I mean, I have a fantastic bootleg of when they were doing the club dates from Toronto, and one of the best parts of that was when they're going, Eric, show him what you can do, and he did the drum solo bit there. I mean, fantastic. His double kick is fantastic, and and, and he he's the he's the master of that cymbal grabbing thing. Do, 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 do. You can just grab them on a on a dime, like fantastic. And you know, in, in studio, he, he's good too. But uh, but unfortunately, he's sometimes a bit restricted, especially talking like Sonic Boom and Monster. He, they didn't you know take the chains off him on that. They let him do more of that on Revenge, I think. You know, be more his style. But you know, his style kind of got a bit neutered later on. I found because even when they started doing old Kiss stuff, you listen to him doing the like Deuce and stuff like that when they were touring for like Revenge. And then listen to what he was doing, what it was sounding like when they did like, you know, the the tour in Japan, you know, late, years later, 2000, what was that, five or six or seven or nine? Whenever they did, they, they went back several times. 2006 was six. Yeah, yeah, that one. There's a video there. Yeah, that, that yeah. came out when and they were tour, they were doing the the live set there. I mean, he went right back to sort of like the kind of drumming, which is like, ugh, why didn't he just let them do what what he does, you know? I mean, sure, he's not Peter Chris, but that's why we love him, right? You don't want Peter, yeah, but you want they, Peter Chris to get more Peter a, They were more of a tribute band. He's wearing the makeup and presenting made-up Kiss rather in than... In a live costume. Yeah, rather than yeah. what he was in 92, 93, 94, 95, okay. well, then... where, where they were still a, a valid band. So then, then my answer is the best Eric Singer is the time when he was not in makeup. There. Well, for sure. All right, Ken. In and out of Kiss, the best of Eric Singer for you. Um. Yeah, I mean, Revenge era, and you know, when they when he first joined them, basically, uh, that was a lot of <clears throat> great energy. Um, I think Lonnie said it too. Um just the energy he brought at the time it was you could you could hear it in the songs uh, when they played them live um and you know and i when i saw them in the club for the first you know the first show with eric singer um that was just just so so good you know and there was a bootleg out there uh, of that show that you can you know check out uh, if you find it um and uh just just Man, that show was something else. Um, but you know, also you know, ESP, um, that stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed that one ESP uh, uh, CD. Um, it's really, 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 really cool. A lot of good stuff. Did it? You know, it's a, just a great outside project for, um, for him. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. I mean, it's hard to pick. Like you know, he doesn't. Well, not knowing what Do the songs, like, not knowing what the it? topics are going to be today, it's impossible for you guys to actually have songs ready to rattle off. In I don't have cases. songs ready or anything, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's always been solid 
but but you know what if great. if we are talking about outside of kiss though which i yeah. didn't realize that we were we could we talk are. about uh alice cooper now, alice for stuff, sure yeah. I mean, oh, came a spider he's great on oh, came a spider. yeah and, and dragon town uh, when yeah. when i saw that live concert that they did with that the, he was amazing and i love the drum solo thing he did with the with the, the sticks on fire the bit flaming, there and he blows yeah. out the last one you know and everything goes dark and that fantastic now did he drum on the studio version of dragon town because there was one, i don't know either brutal plan i can never remember which at the time because he was in and out of bands yeah. um you know brutal planet was really good i, I think it, i think he was on brutal planet brutal planet and dragon town are absolutely spectacular fantastic. those are two just really good albums period regardless of who's on instruments um all right me it's easy because curve boy actually listed out songs and i was like oh yeah Yep, yep, yep. Um, one of my all-time... This is actually one of my all-time Sabbath without Aussie songs. Born to Lose. Mm, yeah. And the foundation of the drumming there. Yeah. Driving. That I, I mean, it's just absolutely spectacular. He's also got Turned to Stone. I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. Badlands. You know, mm-hmm. everyone... Yeah. When I play a guitar, there's one riff I love to play because I don't play drums, I'm going to talk about the guitar. High wire. But from the moment you hear that, Eric Singer, he's a young drummer at that time, that album is spectacular drumming from start to finish. I mean, it's spectacular vocals, it's spectacular guitar playing, it's really good bass, really good production. I mean, it's got all those elements that come together just to be a spectacular album. But what's the first thing kind of recorded on an album? The drums. You know, and he was in and out of bands at, at that time. He was doing session work for the Cult. Those are some really good demos to listen to as well, with his drumming on them. Um, Ken mentioned ESP, Free Ride, and Kerpoy again. Thanks for listing your songs because I agree completely with your selections there. But Free Ride, oh yeah, hell yeah, great song. And in Kiss, you know, if if I think about some of his best drumming, I'm gonna always. I don't need Kerpoy's list here. Um, Jungle. Again, because that's a different sort of drumming yeah. than, say, the power of Heart of, uh, you know, Heart of Chrome, um, or Tough Love. You know, Re- Revenge for me is his best Kiss drumming. You know, forget the live stuff in the studio is where he really got all the latitude to shine on that album. Because afterwards, what do you have? Carnival of Souls, and he's playing cardboard boxes. You know. <laughs> Car- Carnival of Souls is Eric Singer's Saint Anger. Well, maybe maybe not quite, maybe not quite that bad. Wow, so, a lot of lot of good Eric Singer drumming, and you know we're we're so lucky to have had him in the band, you know, because he really did give him a kick in the ass at a time where yeah. they needed it after Eric Carr's death. All right, here here's probably be the last topic. Ken, why didn't Peter Chris have a so uh, have a ever have a solo hit? Uh, yeah, Ken, hmm. why? Why? Why, Ken? Probably because two things. Uh, probably because mm, uh, the marketing is one. Number two is, you know, the songs were just not you can the say greatest, it. you know, top 40 material. Um, I mean, there's some good songs on, you know, it's solo album. And his uh, first album out of Kiss, um, what you know, what was that called? Off the record or what was that called? Anyway, 
I'm forgetting it now. Um, what? But what album? The one the out of control. Out of control. Sorry, yeah. I say out the records. That's something else. Some other album. Um, but yeah, those are both you know decent albums. Um, but I don't think there's no backing. He was gone out of Kiss, and they just didn't. <laughs> they didn't do anything um, marketing for for that album. So he had it had no chance. Um, he even you know he had hit me with your best shot on there. I think before Benatar, right? Well, you better run. Well, you better run. Sorry, mixing the Benatar <laughs> things up. Um, but uh, yeah, so stuff like that. Um, there are some really good songs I like on the seventy eight seventy eight album and the the one after it. Um, and, but it's just you know you got to have backing first of all from the from your record company. Um, and then number two, the, the songs have to be there. And there's some good songs, I think, you know, could have could have gotten a hit, but maybe the style wasn't right either for the time period of, you know, the music that was out at the time. All right, Mark. Um, well, look, let, let's face it. A lot of, a lot of musicians, and I'm not just saying Peter Chris is guilty of this, but there's a lot of, musicians that are in bands that were pretty popular they leave and they think you know you watch i'm gonna i'm gonna show them you know when my album comes out i'm gonna be the biggest thing and it never pans out why because you were popular because of the band not because of you right i mean there there is some stock in what ken says that you know if you know a coin and those guys got 100 percent behind it you know got him some really top-notch writers with him you know did a really great record and market it towards a different sort of fan base and audience, like maybe towards like a soul station, like radio station sort of thing, like that played that sort of music, right? Maybe he would have had a different audience. Maybe he would have had a big record in that circle. But, you know, people know Peter Chris because of Kiss and they know him because of Beth primarily, but he also has a great, you know, whiskey kind of voice. He could have did lots of other things. He could have been like a Rod Stewart, you know, if he did, if he wanted to go down the more softer route of things, if you know that way. But again, you know, he didn't have the support, but he just didn't have the songs. That they they weren't, you know, they weren't great songs, you know. And no matter what, I mean, you need to have that if you want to get really big. But you know, and that's the other thing too. <clears throat> he he left a big band thinking that he was going to be big by himself. And then that doesn't happen. I think he was just a bit delusional with that, to be honest. Yeah. My, my kind of view on this is that the airplane was crashing in early 1980 <laughs> and he parachuted, but he jumped out of the plane at one foot off the ground. Um, mm. So while he didn't die in the air crash, uh, <laughs> And he still hit the ground just as hard. You know, Phonogram gave him a decent deal. Not a great deal, but certainly um, better. I think they, they put him in a similar level to uh, Phil Collins in 81, or 80, pardon mm. me. So they kind of mm. measured him against that kind of drummer. Um, the material, I say he had good material because You Better Run is a good material. Now, people countered to me on the FAQ saying, well, his version wasn't great. Well, I actually like it. So, again, opinions. The material is good. He had tears on the second album, both of which, you know, went onto the Billboard Hot 100. Um, so he had good material. But Kiss was crashing, and his album comes out after Unmass, and they, they released By Myself. 
Talk about a mistake, a bad mm-hmm. single to introduce Peter Chris mm-hmm. to the world. But I think he was also distracted by that point with settling down with a new wife, you know, <laughs> finding a home. And he didn't tour. He rehearsed, mm-hmm. but he never got out on the road. And even his mm-hmm. press tour, you know, was kind of couldn't get coverage because of shifting music scene. So Kiss was mm-hmm. old and Peter was on his own. So that I, I don't think it was dead. because I don't think it was because of the material. His voice on those albums is great. His singing's good. Uh, people can debate whether the material's good, but I think a lot of the material on "Let Me Rock You" is fantastic. You know, Russ Ballad, um, Steve Stevens, John Waite, or, or Vinnie Cassano, uh, and Adam Mitchell. So, mm-hmm. all right. Lonnie. <laughs> you know, you guys have mentioned those first two albums. I really enjoy Chris Cat 1. Um, I think there's good stuff on that, too. Um, but, I mean, I, I mean, I, that, that's when I got into a lot of Peter's solo stuff, is when um, he did that tour with Ace in 95. I saw him and Ace um, on the Bad Boys tour in 95. Um, that was, I mean, so I didn't, I didn't have any of that stuff because it wasn't really readily available. Especially yeah. on the CD in 95. That's another problem. Yeah, and cr- correct, Mark. So, but I was able to, to have, get his new album, you know, with, with Bad Attitude and Bad People Burning Hell and stuff like that. And I enjoyed those songs when I was, you know, a, a kid, basically, in 95, um, listening to those and getting ready um, to see Peter Chris in concert. Um, I enjoyed that album a whole lot more than, you know, a lot of a lot of Kiss fans do even. But you know, you know, you guys have talked about why why it wasn't successful. Like Julian said, like Kit, Peter was on his own, Kiss was 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 dying in America at the time. It just was a res- it wasn't a recipe to be successful, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But there there is good stuff on on Peter's solo albums that um, doesn't get the recognition that it deserves. Yeah, Chris Cat sure. number one is a weird situation because Bad Attitude was, was, was the promo single and Show Me was the video. And I wonder if anyone ever saw, you know, Show Me on Much Music or MTV. I I, don't, I wasn't in the country at the time, um, but there was some good stuff. I mean, Blue Moon of Brooklyn, uh, yeah. song. Uh, Show Me is actually I actually do like as a song. Bad Attitude is a decent song. Um, you know, some of the catchier stuff didn't get cut you know wait for the minute to rock and roll but ace had lost a record deal and peter was on a very small indie at the time so not surprising really but i think availability is also you know something i don't think i've ever seen a u.s ad for out of control and someone can probably mm-hmm. prove me wrong that there was one i you know even reviews uh, for mask hysteria because i do out of control in there you know, are very hard to find, and there's a there's a lot of hateful reviews, sadly, about that album in the press. Mm-hmm. So K- Kiss was, you know, hmm. not making it, and Peter Chris certainly wasn't going to. There we go. There's some topics from the board this week. You know, everything I think here on out for the next few weeks all going to be about the Creatures box set <laughs> and going through that bad boy when it arrives. So I hope everyone's records reaches them safely. Everyone gets the records close to release date. Go into your local mom and pop shops. There is, of course, the very cool um, slip 
thing, whatever it's called. Slipknot. Slipknot, Slipknot yeah. Thank you, uh, <laughs> which looks great. Um, if you're buying the LP versions, turn off your lights. See what happens. Because uh, <laughs> some people have already shared some photos of that. Read the book. I, I, I can't. I'm so jazzed to read that and to see the Gotham City um, news and the write-ups and all the songs. So it's going to be an exciting few weeks while we all digest a hell of a lot of music and demos. And uh, everyone starts thinking, what's next? Who the hell knows? Let's enjoy this mm-hmm. one for a little bit before getting into those topics. All right. Thanks for joining us. From Ken, from Lonnie, Mark, and myself, we shall see you next time. Be safe. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.